Christ. The Lord bless you. Tonight, the Lord began a momentum with us in the last couple of weeks on the power, the essence of his word. And tonight, we are going to take it a little bit further. Last week, the Lord spoke to us on your word has power. We examine from the scriptures different dimensions of how God performs the incredible by the words of his people. At salvation, we did not just make a confession to be born again. The power of God recreated our spirit man. We became God-like, God kind of people. The Zohar of God came into each of us at salvation. When our spirit became regenerated, the life of God was infused into us. Now, this is the implication. When the life of God is infused into a man, the power of God will begin to proceed from that spirit man. The Bible says that the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. In other words, the communication channel, the communication point through which the Lord speaks to his people is through their spirit. Let me quickly explain to us that there are three levels of senses. We have ears by which we hear. We have mouth by which we speak. We have eyes by which we see. All of these put together, they have their place in the realm of the spirit. As spiritual people, we have two kinds of ears. We have an outer ear by which we hear the voice of men and the sound. There is a spiritual ear by which we hear the voice of God. That's what the scripture says, that the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. In other words, the communication point through which God communicates to his people is by opening their ears to understand his ways, his will, his pattern of activities in the realm of the spirit. I'm going to take my time today because today is very strategic. I know I didn't mention to you, but today we have come to bless. We have come to engage the power that lies within these two leaves. We've come to see the manifestations of those power tonight. And we're going to be speaking prophetically over our lives and over everything that concerns us tonight. Tonight I'm going to be speaking to us on what I call how to be effective in speaking the right words. How to be effective in speaking the right words. Last week we learned from Proverbs chapter 8 that life, death and life are in the power of the tongue. If anybody has an NIV Bible in the church, I'd like you to open for me. The NIV Bible, Proverbs chapter 18, we read last week, life and death are in the power of the tongue. I want us to know from the NIV, I don't know who has an NIV here. If you have an NIV, can I see? Thank you, ma'am. Hallelujah. 
The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18 that we read last week, the scripture tells us that life and death are in the power of the tongue. But I want us to read tonight and read exactly the way it is said in NIV verse 21. Yes. Proverbs 18, 21. I like that. It says the tongue. Ever said the tongue? The tongue has. The word has is a very important word. In other words, the tongue possesses. The power of life and death. And I want us to understand this tonight. About the power, the tongue has the power of life and death. Read it again, man. Do we hear that? The tongue has. How many of us will actually believe that what is in between this mouth has got power? Now, many times we think of power as, you know, as things that are outside of our mouth. But the Bible says... There is a power that lies within your tongue. The Bible said the power of life and death is in the tongue. Can you read and finish? It says those who love it will eat its fruit. I'm going to read from Amplified Version and I'd like us to listen. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 in Amplified says... Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I love the way the second phrase is. I want us to listen. It says, and they who indulge in it. They who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or life. Those who indulge in it. Let me begin tonight by saying to us, that the use of tongue has an habitual power. The use of tongue is very addictive. What we allow to prevail over our tongues will probably be repeated often. I'm going to tell us why. How many of us love to pray over our food? You love to pray over your food? For some of us who love to. Have you noticed that if you are not conscious of it, the prayer you pray over your food is the same every day the last six months? Father, we thank you for this food. Bless it and sanctify it in Jesus' name. If the repetitive approach becomes continual, did you notice that it's almost the same? That's the power of the, the tongue because whatever you say, your mind believes it and your mind records it. There is a part of the brain that has a memory of what you say in every, in every event. Before you say anything, once you get to the food, that thing brings the memory back and you say it again. Now, this is where I'm going. I love this scripture in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. It says, those who indulge in it. Now, this is where the real issue is. If we indulge in speaking wrong words, it will always come. It will always come. One of the reasons why we correct children by saying those are not, those are bad words is because the repetition of wrong words has a seat in the mind and in the heart of man. 
it has the capacity to become a place of residence in a man's life. The same way good words, right words, words of blessing, words of lifting, words of increase. When it becomes part of your life, that is the only thing your mind has recorded. And that is the only thing your mind is going to continually to play. And this is the real issue. I read a story recently. No, I heard about a story of a man who usually wanted his son. I keep warning you, don't run out of the house. One day a car will hit you. The man kept saying it. It's not a, it's, the man came to be prayed for. He kept saying, I kept warning you, if you run out, in fact, one day, he was driving out and saw um, one, an animal killed by the right, so, right, you know, roadside. He parked and brought the son and said, you see how that thing died? <laughs> That's how the car hits people. He was so incensed and obsessed. The motive was right. He wanted the child to stay indoor. But there are many ways to say it. You don't have to keep saying to the child, one day, you're going to be hit by a car. You know what happened? The, God, the, the child was hit by the car. Thank God for his mercy. That God preserved the life of an innocent child because the man kept saying wrong words over the child. What am I saying tonight? There is power in what we say. There is power that lies under your tongue. And it has an habitual tendency. That's why the Bible says those who indulge in it, they are fruits to reap. Good fruits or bad fruits, depending on the usage of this element. I gave us a few definitions of words last week. I'm going to repeat them just in a moment. Words are elements of creation. That's number one. Number two, words play a significant role in the spirit. Number three, words can be controlled. Number four, words have effect and are powerful. Number five, words can build, plant, lift, increase, encourage. Contrarily, words can damage, diminish, destroy, disempower, demolish, discourage, disengage, and demean. Words can be learned. That's number seven. Words can be learned. Number eight. Words are transmitters to convey fear of faith. Words are transmitters to convey fear of faith. Why is it so critical tonight? It is because we laid a foundation, and now tonight the Lord wants to teach us how to speak the right words. I believe that words are powerful. As a believer, if you're born again and your spirit is sanctified by the Lord, there is an authority in your mouth. You are the established witness on earth. I'm sure we don't get that. We are the established witness on earth. 
the Bible declares in the book of Psalms, forever, O God, thy word is settled in heaven. Now, in heaven, right? But the word of God that is settled in heaven becomes a practical reality on earth by the mouth of those who invest time and the resources to pull the world from heaven to establish it on the earth. Now, God expects us, the reason why the Lord is doing this, he wants to train each of us on how to become the carriers of good words. I'd like you to look at a friend from today. Look at somebody beside you. From today, you will become a carrier of good words. You will become a carrier of good words. Through your tongue, you will release the settled words. The settled words. I love the word that says forever, oh God, your word is settled. You know the word, the word settled means it cannot be changed. That word is unalterable. That word is as powerful as life itself. It says forever, oh God, your word is settled. In other words, what is settled is superior to time. I don't know where listening. What is settled in heaven is superior to time. That's why the word forever is used. The word forever is used because God wants us to know that time cannot undermine the settled words. I'll say it again. Time cannot undermine the settled words. When God speaks, nothing in existence can undermine his words. They are settled. If we agree, if we come into an agreement with what God has said, we will see the promises of God come into reality and in manifestations in our lives. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 1, the Bible says this. I love that scripture. It says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, the truth will be established. What does that mean? In other words, there is a witness in heaven. And there's a witness on the earth. When there's a witness in heaven, the God has said, and there's another witness on earth, the truth is established. The book of John chapter 22, the Bible says, Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established. And the light will shine upon your path. I'll say it again. Thou shalt decree a thing. We taught us about a thing, and I'm going to repeat the word a thing. comes from the root word dabar. Which means a substance. It means a matter. It means a word. Thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established. What establishes it is very simple. It's confirmed Second Corinthians chapter 13 verse 1. It's already spoken by one witness and it is confirmed by another witness, Holy Spirit. And then we become the final conclusion to the word that had been spoken. And we establish it by the words of our mouth. This is why we need to be trained on how to speak the right words. 
Maybe at this point I need to mention to us that wrong words have destroyed homes. Is that not true? Wrong words have destroyed great destinies. I told us about Reuben last week. His father called him in Genesis chapter 49 and said, Reuben, you are the beginning of my strength. The excellence of your power. But because thou went down into thy father's bed, thou shalt not excel. And Reuben did not excel. Thank God for the man Moses who procured a future for Reuben. Otherwise, the entire family would have gone unnoticed and unsung. But Moses in Deuteronomy 3 says, let Reuben live and not die. Let his men be as many. Let them not be few. Otherwise, Reuben would have gone unnoticed. As a matter of fact, Reuben's place was taken by Ephraim and by Manasseh. We remember even among the Jews, Judah took a very significant place. So Reuben lost his birthright, which was supposed to be a double portion of the inheritance of his father. He lost it because of words. So words can destroy destinies. How many of us know that now words have become the instigators of disputes and wars? Words have become the instigators of disputes and wars. There are many wars that were caused by the words of men. Hallelujah. Meanwhile, there have been nations and there have been things that have been rebuilt in this world by the words of mouth. I was reading a story. Many of us are going to like this. It was by Ronald Reagan, you know, the past president, the late Ronald Reagan, the past president of the United States, who one time went during the Cold War, was to speak around the Berlin Wall. And he saw Mr. Gorbachev. And Ronald Reagan looked at Gorbachev and said, tear down this wall. And that was the end of Cold War. That was the end of communism. He said to Gorbachev, tear down this wall. He did not miss it. That's exactly the way he said it. Tear down this wall. And he said it in the ears of all Russians. And they were angry about what he said. few months after, the wall of Berlin was pulled down. Because one man chose to speak the right words. Maybe I should let us know that those who wanted to edit the speech of Reagan said they should take that sentence out. Because they thought, because of the relationship that Reagan had with Gorbachev, that saying such words will actually strain their relationship and may not further you know, increase you know, the process of freedom that was being done. But the man insisted, I am going to say, and exactly... All the administrators, all the advisors said, please, President, don't say these words. Ronald Reagan said, put it there. I will say. <laughs> he got there and said, tear down this wall. And that was the end of good war. What am I saying? Good words can build. Bad words can destroy. God wants us to understand the power, the lies in good words. In my study, I even noticed that even at salvation, do you understand that God also believes in what we say? Romans chapter 10 verse 10. The Bible says, with the heart, man believes unto salvation. What the mouth, confession, is made unto salvation. With the, man, with the heart, man believes. But with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. In other words, 
if you truly believe and you have accepted what you believe, you will assert what you believe. I'll say it again. If you truly believe and you have accepted what you believe, you will surely assert what you believe. Let me tell us the implication. The day we stood and we said with the voices and with our mouth, I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. There is a significance to that word in the realm of the Spirit. Because Colossians chapter 1 tells us that we have been conveyed from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Immediately you say those words, your tie, your connection, the cord that links us with the devil was broken and severed. Immediately we said, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. The power of darkness was broken. The hold of the devil was destroyed. That's why I've told us here and over and over again, we're a different people. We're a special species. The words of our mouth have made us different from the entire world. We are a people that's on a, on, a, on a journey to a place. We have a destination. God has redeemed us. Our souls have escaped like a, like a bird out of the snare of the fowler. I believe that we have a connection with the living God. But that started the day we spoke at the words out of our mouth. I accept you, Jesus. As my Lord and Savior, the devil lost his grip over your life. Your destiny was rescued. Your life became redeemed. Your future was predicted from that day. Because if we're serious and determined, immediately the grace of God came to us. Do you know what I noticed? We have come from death unto life, the Bible says. What a great opportunity. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saves a wretch like me. I once I was lost, but now I am found. Once I was blind, but now I see. The man in John chapter 9 was approached by a couple of Pharisees and said, Who is this man who healed you? Because we know you've been blind from your mother's womb. He said, All I know. They told him that this man is a sinner, it's all I know. Whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, once I was blind, but now I see. That's a testimony. That's a testimony. That's what broke the back of the Pharisees. They did not know what to do because you cannot deny a witness with an evidence. Not just a witness, with an evidence. If I tell you that I'm born again, there has to be an evidence. A word followed by an evidence. Speaking right words. Tonight, there were a few things the Lord laid in my heart. We're going to examine them. How do we become effective now that we know the power in the spoken words? How do we become effective in speaking the right word? Number one, I'd like us to write these stuffs down. Number one, the reservoir. Maybe I should use another word. The container of our vocabulary must be visited. The reservoir of our vocabulary must be visited. Must be cleaned up. Must be reformed. Must be restored to the right. When we were born as little children, as we were growing up, we grew up in, with, in, a, in a several environments. 
with different possibilities. In some of those environments, we grew up to see people speaking the way they want. Many of them had no control over what they said. They cursed their children. They cursed everyone around them. They speak bad words. They wake up in the morning. The first thing they want to say is to curse. That's the environment in which we grew up. And you know, as we were growing up, those words were settling in our minds. They were settling in our minds. They were settling in our minds. And they became part of our lives. In fact, even some of our teachers in school did not help us. Because some of us were not privileged to be very brilliant at the beginning. And some of, your te- some of our teachers told us, you will never do well. You're not capable of reading. They should find a place for you to go and learn a pantries. Because there is no capacity in you to learn. Your brain cannot take it. Look, your father did not go to school. Neither did your mother have an idea. I don't think you'll be able to do it. And the teachers began to speak those words. You know what happened? We believe those words. How many lives have been ruined by the words of teachers? Teachers that have been incensed, positioned by the devil. To speak wrong words into the life of a little child. Who is innocent, who came into life with expectation. Every child is naive. When they see you, they trust you. Have you noticed that children usually trust with a reckless abandon? When you see a child that comes to see you, they trust you with a reckless abandon. Have you noticed that a child, when you hold a child in a three-story building and you are swinging the child, the child is smiling and laughing. The child is trusting you in a reckless abandon. You know why? The child believes that you will never do evil. And many of those children got into schools, naive, innocent, with nothing in their minds. And the teachers said, you will never do well. You will not do well. And the teachers kept saying it day after day, day after day. Many of us that that we even eventually made it to school, some of our teachers told us we could never know mathematics. They told you you to do 2 plus 3, you said 10. They said, "Uh, uh, this is... (laughs) You know what? Your brain is empty. There is nothing in that brain. And that's what they told us. And we believed them. Those were the words that were spoken. Those were the things that we grew up with. We grew up with those words. What I'm saying tonight is this. When we grew up in those environments, we develop a vocabulary of impossibility. We develop a vocabulary of, of, of unattainable opportunities. We can never attain it. It's never going to happen. I've seen people saying to me, well, it's for others, it will never be for me. Who says? Because we believe those words were spoken. And some of us were raised by some people who were not parents. They gave birth to us, but they were not parents. Who said those words that were not good over our lives? They told you this. Because you did something wrong, they began to curse you. And when we grew up, we have our own children. You know what we did? We started to curse our children. Because you are a byproduct of what you have received. What you are saying is actually a result of what you have received. There is a reservoir in the mind of men, the hearts of men, that begins to proclaim what is known. And that's why we read that Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. The Bible says, the power of life and death is in the power of the, is in the tongue. And it says, those who indulge in it. How do you indulge? Indulging is a matter of time. You don't indulge in one day. Indulgence, from the original word in, in, in dictionary, is something you do repetitively. Uncautioned, unstopped. 
So we grew up with those words. And you know what we did? We got a vocabularies of, of evil words. Have you noticed that it's easier to say wrong words than to say good words? Hello? Church, is that true? You don't think about wrong words. It just comes. <laughs> How many of us have been taught to bless, to pray for people? We are struggling to pray because it doesn't come. You're struggling. Where are those words to pray for, to bless somebody? Because we're not used to it. Today, we're changing that in the name of Jesus. All of us are making up our minds. We're going to develop a new vocabulary. And it's going to take a time. It's going to take a long time. But we're going to start and initiate the process today. I'd like all of us to begin to tell ourselves, I am initiating a new vocabulary for my life. I mean, initiating a new vocabulary for my life. In the new vocabulary, you begin to write good words. You begin to write right words. You begin to write words that build. Words that encourage. Words that lift. Words that bless. Words of encouragement. But it comes by vocabulary. Where is the seat of our vocabulary? The seat of our vocabulary is in the mind. Ever said the mind? Ever said in the mind? Because it's in the mind there has to be a will to change. There has to be a will to change. If you love what you are doing, you will not want to change. If what you are doing is giving you the right result, there is no point changing. But if so far, what we have been doing, we perceive and we know by the Spirit of God, there has to be a change. Do you know after we gave our lives to Christ, it is not an hand to speak in the right words. Let me say this to us. Being born again does not stop you from speaking wrong, speaking wrong words. You have to consciously, ever say consciously, consciously say to yourself, an hand must come to this. An hand must come to this. There has to be a new era in my life. I have to begin to construct new vocabulary for my life. I have to begin to construct right words for myself. Let's forget about talking to people. I about speaking to ourselves. How many times have we said to ourselves, look, this is how far you can go in life. You will never go beyond this. We say it when there are no men around us. Because we grew up with it. But God is saying, it is not right. Therefore, we need a will to change. I noticed that in the process of changing our vocabulary, I was saying to myself, Lord, how would this be done? And then the Lord showed me something that does not directly relate to this, but it's very effective. And I'm going to let us read Romans chapter 8, verse 26. What, read only the first sentence in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Romans 8, 26. Romans 8, 26. What does it say? The scripture says, likewise, the spirits also abs are infirmity. That's okay, my sister. That's all I need. Likewise, the spirit also helps what? An infirmity. How many of us know that speaking the wrong words is an infirmity? I'm telling you, it's an infirmity. It's an infirmity. It's a weakness of the flesh. And the Bible says, likewise, the spirit also helps. Also gives ability. Also helps our infirmity. The same way the Holy Spirit helps in prayer... The same way the Holy Spirit helps 
in developing the vocabulary for right words. I told us that when you have the right words in your mouth, when you have developed a good vocabulary, people will laugh at you and they will laugh you to scorn. I remember this story of this man. Many of us are going to laugh about it, but it is true. This man, I think he grew up in this country, and you know, he went to a local old, old country church, and they taught them how to speak the right words. Every day they taught them, when you wake up in the morning, just praise God. And everything that goes on in your life, just praise God. So anytime people met this brother, how are you doing? Praise God, I'm blessed. I'm blessed beyond the curse. I'm blessed in all things that I do. They look at him in the office and say, he's out of his mind. <laughs> Anywhere you see him, they say, praise God, praise God, brother. Praise God for his goodness. And you know, one day, in the story it was said, he went to the office, he was working in a factory. As he was working with a machine, there was a mistake somewhere. There was a big bang. There was one of the machines that was dropping. There was an heavy metal that was dropping. It actually landed on his leg. When it landed, the first thing that came out of his mouth, praise God, praise God, praise God. He was used. His mind has been accustomed to speaking, praise God. He said, praise God. Everybody in the factory heard the bang and they knew something must have been wrong. They rushed to the point. They met the brother saying, praise God, praise God. They said, he's coming again. Praise God. By the time they got to him, there was a supernatural healing. There was an immediate response from heaven. There was an instantaneous miracle. His leg was restored. Every bone that had been broken was restructured. The people couldn't believe it. Speaking the right words. Speaking the right words. Number two. The first one I said, the reservoir of a vocabulary must be revisited, must be cleaned up, must be reformed, must be restored to the right. Number two. We must be acquainted and fervent in seeking the commandments of God. We must be acquainted and fervent in seeking the commandments of God. I want to challenge us as a people tonight that we need to place our lives, place yourself on a program to read, to meditate on the word of God. I'm saying again, I want us to place ourselves on a program to read, to meditate on the word of God, I want to recommend that we begin to develop times of being alone with God. A quiet time with God. It might be early in the morning. Also during lunch break in the office. Also at night before we go to bed. I want us to develop a new program of at least spending time and acquainting ourselves with God. Let me say this to us. Have you noticed that when two people begin to work together, the closer they become, the more likely they look, at each, they look like each other. I'll say it again. When two people are in a relationship, the closer they become, the more likely they will look like each other. They think very similar. They act very similar. They react very similarly. Because of relationship. You know what I noticed? 
if we relate with God on a close, on a close proximity, His divine life will begin to rub off on us. His divine life will begin to rub off on us. His omniscient and omnipresent nature will begin to rub off on us. Do you know that the vocabulary of God is written all over the scriptures? The more familiar we, we are with the vocabulary of God, the more our lives will be exactly like his. No wonder the Bible says, as in a glass. We look, you know, and we are being transformed by the Spirit from glory to glory, as by the Spirit of God. James chapter 1. I want us to read this. I don't want to quote this. James chapter 1. The book of James chapter 1. Can we read together? James chapter 1, I'm reading verse... I'm reading verse 25. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. He who looks into the perfect law of liberty. A lot of people have been asking questions, how can I be perfect? My life is so terribly affected. You know the secret? Begin to spend time in the perfect law of liberty. Your life will experience a dramatic change. I've said this testimony before. I won't stop saying it because it's a good testimony. There is a man who, <laughs> some of us will remember this story. This man, when he was married to his wife, he was always beating the woman. Every little words of uh, disagreement, it was a backhand, and it was a right hand, and the woman knew him. It was so bad that there were times when the woman had contemplated many times of leaving because she was being beaten banana by this man. But they would go to church, and the woman would look at him and say, this one. If anybody knows what it does to me. <laughs> but somehow one day, in a, like a service like this, the Lord touched his heart. He gave his heart to the Lord Jesus. And the pastor prayed for him. And the pastor put him on a program for discipleship. That's what this church is all about. Putting people on a, on a program for discipleship. Because there's no point being in church if we're not growing spiritually. There is no point being in an assembly if our lives are not changing in the realm of the spirit and also as a testimony and as a witness to those who are around us. What is the point? So this man was put on a program by the pastor and his life began to change little by little. The pastor took him on a journey to study God's word. So this man will wake up in the night and will begin to read his Bible and the wife will look at him and say, what is he doing this? reading Bible? And truly to you, by the time he's finished reading the Bible, I don't know, maybe the woman was trying him. Once what is, you know, she says, ooh, you know. She, and say, I told you, you're reading that Bible, your life doesn't change. But you know what? The man never stopped. Did we hear what I said? The man never did what? I'm saying to many of us tonight, we have had struggles in our lives. You've tried, you said you failed, and you stopped. Don't stop doing the right thing. The right thing will always produce the right results. This man continued. He kept reading. He would spend time day and night and day and night. But suddenly, 
the wife began to notice that the beating was reducing. <laughs> something is happening here. <laughs> she would say something. The man would look at her and would just turn his face. <laughs> you know why? Because he has just read in the Bible about hunger. And God says, be quick to hear and be slow to speak. And the man just remembered that word and would turn his head. <laughs> okay, bring it. And the man continued. And one day they went to church. And the, man, and the woman looked at him. He noticed it was a different man. Something had been born inside him. This word has the capacity to create a new nature in you. This word, not, not this black and white. I mean the word inside it. Has the capacity to create a new nature in you. The nature of God. The nature of right. The man wouldn't curse the woman anymore. The woman, the man, the woman was shocked. And her life began to change. You know what happened at the end of the testimony? In the church, anytime a new couple was to get married, they would ask the couple to go spend some time in that home to see how a Christian home should look like. In the family where the man was, was a bully because of the power of the world. What am I saying tonight? The word can build us. The word, when we begin to change our approach and get ourselves acquainted with the right words, with God's word, with the living words, the living word will begin to transform us on the inside. Number three, be prepared to be conservative in your contribution. I'll say it again. Be prepared to be conservative in your contributions. Uh, this is going to be interesting. Be prepared to be conservative in your contribution. Have we noticed that there are times to speak and there are times to be quiet? Being conservative is understanding the power in the realm of the spirit. In the book of Isaiah chapter 30 verse 15, the Bible says, In returning and in rest shall you be saved. It says, In quietness and confidence shall be your strength in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. You know, when I was reading this, the Bible says in returning, in another version it says in repentance and in rest shall you be saved. You know what Israel said to God? Because this word was a message to Israel. Israel said, no, we will not do it. We will run like horses. And God said, I will give you to run. I said you should return. I said you should have rest. He said we will, not, we will not have rest. We will not return. It says in quietness and confidence. To me, how can you be quiet and be confident at the same time? They look, it looks like a paradox. It looks impossible. But you see, in the realm of the spirit, a man who is of a calm spirit, his trust is not in what he says. His trust is in what he knows of God. So his residue of understanding is in what he knows. He refuses to speak because he understands where God is going. I'm going to say something to shock many of us. The Bible says God knows the end from the very beginning. Is that true? Do you know a man who walks with God knows the end from the beginning? There are certain ends you will know. I'm honest with you. Do you want me to prove that from the scriptures? Psalm 73. 
The Bible speaks of David. David said, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, my leg almost slipped. But I, there they are, went back into the temple of God. And when I went back into the temple, do I know their end? Do we the other? I knew their hand when I went back into the temple. What is the temple? A place of fellowship. A place of quietness. A place of being lonely with God. He said, I knew their hand. In other words, I'm going to drive it a little bit inside. Do you know every event in your life, you can know the end? Hello, church? That what is making others to tumble over, to become worried and anxious, you can be composed. Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that my Redeemer lives. I'll tell us in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 27. As the people were traveling in the sheep, the Bible said there was no hope. There was hope that any life will be saved was lost. And Paul said, there appeared to me in the night the angel of the Lord, whose I am, whom I serve. And he said unto me, there shall be no loss of any life in this ship. He knew the end of the voyage. There was turmoil. There was chaos. There was crisis. There was, there was possible death. There was fear. Paul said, I know the end. Nobody in this boat will die. Amen. I want to challenge our men that are seated tonight. We can know the end for our family. And say to the family, our end is greater than our beginning. That what you see is not what you get. What you see is a preparation of where we are going. Where we are going is far greater than where we are now. Our future is brighter than what you see. I may not have money, but I have God. I may not have anything, but I got a dream. I may not have what you see, but I have the vision of God. And the vision will always produce a provision. The vision of this home will produce a provision. We cannot end from the beginning. In quietness will be your strength. Number four. Watch your company. Everyone say, watch your company. Who are your best friends? Who are your best friends? Those who curse their husband and speak words of evil against their children? You've got to change that company. We've got to change that company. You have to watch those who speak into your life. Because those who speak into your life will control what happens in your life. I was reading James chapter 3 about tongue. Let me quickly take us there before I continue with this. Do you know that tongues can be so powerful? The Bible gives two descriptions in the book of James. The Bible says that tongue is like the, the, the bead of, uh, of an horse that controls the horse. That as little as that bead is, it controls the direction that the horse will go. It says something very interesting. It said the tongue is like the hem of a sheep. We all know how massive the sheep is, right? We've seen sheep before. It says the entire sheep is controlled by the hem. It says so also the tongue of a man. Do you know that little element in your mouth can control your future? That little element in your mouth can control your future, can control the destiny of your children, can control your tomorrow as little as it is. Let me go to James chapter 3. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures there. I want us to listen very carefully to what he says. I have it here and I'm going to read it to us. If you're in James chapter 3, let's read with me. James chapter 3. After describing a tongue, it says in verse 6. Are we there? 
James chapter 3 verse 6. It says, it says the whole curse of life on what? I thought we said we're there. Yes, James 3, 6. Yes. Yes. Yes, verse 6. I love that. It says, it sets the cause of nature on fire. I read it from New King James. It says, it sets the whole cause of his life on fire. In other words, the whole cause of a man's life can be set on fire by the words of man. You know what I mean? The whole cause. This is not, uh, this is not, uh, uh, this is not an elective. The whole cause of life. Everything about the man can be set on fire. And the other way around, the corollary is also true. If the tongue is rightly positioned, it can become a source of blessing. James went further. He said, through this tongue, Blessing, we bless God and we, we praise God and we curse men. Who have they made in the likeness of God? He said, let it not be so. That's what he says. He said, let it not be what? Let it not be so. Because you cannot bless and curse from the tempting tongue. Hallelujah. He says, can a fig tree bear olive? Can a salt spring produce fresh water? No. Who we are? What we are, are made of, what, formation, what information you've processed and are processing will determine the product of your mouth. That's what James is saying. Hallelujah. Number, number five. I'm gonna, number four. Number four, watch your company. Number five. Uh, before I go to five, I need to say this. Watch your company, including church folks. <laughs> In fact, including church leaders. Because this has no respect for position. What we are saying today, it depends on those who have made an effort to build up a life that speaks the right words. It has nothing to do with title. That's what I'm saying. There could be church folks, but they could speak wrong words. There could be church folks, there could be church leaders, but they speak wrong words. Because they have not trained themselves on us to speak the right words. You know what we say to ourselves? That is the reason why I say they could be leaders. I've heard believers saying, if that man can say that, then there's nothing wrong with it. Have we heard that before? If that man can say that, then there's nothing wrong with it. But you know what? There can be everything wrong with it. Because that man is man at his best. That man is man as what? At his best. Men that God has called are men. We, we, we defy them and God hates it. We worship them and God hates it. But God is saying, they are my people. They are my vessels. I will use them. But there are times when they switch to the flesh. Watch the difference. They are men of the spirit, but when, watch when they switch to the flesh. We've seen pastors enticing members into doing evil. But you need to watch the difference. You need to know when and when not. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 1 verse 10, my son, if sinner entice thee, Consent thou not. Simple. Do not consent. In the book of Ezekiel 34, the Bible speaks of shepherds who have engaged in evil and they've misled the sheep. So God is saying, it does not matter who they are. Watch your company. 
Watch who's speaking to your life. Number five. Uh, this is where the real issue is tonight. That's where we're going to close tonight. There are warfare words. Everybody say warfare words. Uh, I want everybody to turn their Bible this time. Warfare words because we're going to really take some warfare now. Warfare words. Everybody say warfare words. It's time for us to fight. We're going to fight tonight. We're going to take some. We're going to speak some words over our lives. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17. Let's read what the scripture says here. 54 verse 17. Isaiah 54 verse 17. I love this. 54 verse 17. If you have your Bible, please pick it up. We're about to pray over our lives. We're about to speak some good words tonight. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17. Isaiah 54, verse 17. Isaiah 54, verse 17. Isaiah 54, verse... Are we there? It says, no weapon... I want us to read in unison. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment... Hallelujah. I'm going to point out to two words in this passage. I want us to pay attention to it. The first sentence says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. The next one says, and every tongue. Everyone say every tongue. What is it? Tongue. Tongue. That rises up against you. In judgment. Judgment is a dissemination of words. When you're in judgment, somebody's speaking a sentence over your life. That's what it means. But you know what it says next? Did he say, and God shall condemn? Is that what it says? It says, you will condemn. Hallelujah. You will do what? You will condemn it. You will speak against it. You will open your mouth and begin to speak and, con and, and destroy what men have built that's against your life. That's why we're going to close tonight. Church, Satan will speak bad words over you. Satan will lift and raise men that will speak words against your destiny. If you want to go with me in the book of Zechariah chapter 3, the Bible speaks of Joshua the, the high priest. He was brought before the Lord. The Bible says, and Satan stood to oppose him. To oppose is to speak against somebody. That reminds me of Job chapter 1. The Bible says, and Satan came alongside with the sons of God. And he said, have you seen this man? Job began to speak to God. Where have you been, have been going to and fro? Job. Satan began to speak. But the Bible says, the Bible says, and the Lord said, the Lord rebuked this Satan. Words. Ever say words. Tonight we're engaging in the same. I want us to rise up tonight. We're going to pray. I can't finish this, but I think we've done enough tonight. We're going to pray. We're going to pray tonight. We're going to pray tonight. In this couple of minutes, I want you to be ready. I want us to do something. I was sharing. The Lord showed me something which I think the church needs to know. How many of us know about repentance? Hello? Do we know many times we usually think repentance is for those who are coming to Christ? No. Repentance is also for us. When you repent, you, you remove the cover of darkness. You release the fire of light. 
Repentance is judging yourself. Hallelujah, church. Bible says if you judge yourself, you will not be judged. Hallelujah. If you judge yourself, you will not be judged. So God is saying, church, repent. Judge yourself. Remove the cover of darkness around you. Let the hand of Satan be taken away from you. We're going to pray tonight and say, Lord, I am sorry for every evil word that I have spoken. I was angry when I said it. I was angry. I did not know better. I said those words because of what I knew, the information that I had around me. I said those words because of how I grew up. I grew up to know those things. And I said those words. Some of us spoke those words over our children. Some of us spoke those words over our co-workers. Some of us those spoke those words over our neighbors. I want us to go before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me of those words that I've spoken that are not of you. Words that have destroyed the lives of men. Words that have been the instrument of damage, the instrument of change. Words that have built, that have not built the lives of men. The Bible calls on edifiers. We are supposed to edify. Every word that you have spoken in the past that have not edified people, I want you to repent of it. Some of us just spoke some words this morning, this afternoon. We said those words because we didn't know better. And it's not because we didn't even know better. Some of us, our minds have not been trained enough. We started the training, but we did not complete the training. I wanted to repent. Lord, I repent of a training that I did not finish. You started teaching me how to behave right, but I did not listen. I stopped halfway. Lord, I ask you today to forgive me. Cleanse me. Many of us have been thinking that others should change, but God is saying, you are the one that should change. 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 I want us to pray to and say, Lord, I repent. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Cleanse me by your blood. Purify me by your blood. Cleanse my heart, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Lord, cleanse my heart, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Purify me. In the name of Jesus. Change me. I want us to begin to pray to the Lord. Begin to wipe out evil memories. Begin to wipe out evil vocabulary from my brain. Every vocabulary of evil words. The things that I've built since I was young. Begin to remove them. All those companies that I've kept. Those friends that I thought I treasured. They were good friends. But they were not godly friends. Some of them went to church but they were not godly. Because they don't have a destiny that I have. You have a destiny over my life. And if I'm going to reach my destiny, these things will have to change. Lord, clean me. Remove those evil words. Change the vocabulary of my brain. In the name of Jesus, purify me. Cleanse my heart. Cleanse my heart. Cleanse my heart. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Hallelujah. We're going to pray one prayer. Are we ready, church? Before we start to bless tonight, you're going to pray. Listen, you can control what you do, but you cannot control what others do to you. I mean, I was know what I'm talking about. Men will do what they want, but you can control what you do. We're going to pray tonight. Some of us have been a victim of words spoken by people. They judged you. They condemned you. 
Let open our eyes. I want us to look at me. The only one after you have given your life to Christ, the only one who judges God. No one has a right to judge you but God. We can correct, we can instruct you, but God is a judge. I want us to pray tonight. Lord, men have spoken over my life. The words that have been spoken, the one you know and the one you didn't know. I want us to pray tonight. Lord, every word that I've been spoken as a judgment over my life, I condemn it. I condemn it. I condemn it. Do we read that scripture with me? I condemn it. Every word that has been spoken over me since I was young, the words that says I will never make it, those who met in the covens of air to speak evil over my life, Lord, tonight I condemn it. Every wagging of the tongue, I condemn it. Those words that were spoken by those teachers who had nothing to do with my destiny, they told me I would never, be, I would never make it. They told me I was not brilliant. They told me I was God. Lord, Lord, I nullify every of those words. I nullify them. I condemn those words. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I like you to pray. I like you to pray. I like you to condemn those words. Words are powerful. Lord, every word that has been spoken by those teachers, that I will never make it, that it will never happen in my life. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I say today, no. In Jesus' precious name, we're praying. I don't know the Lord. Uh, you know, this just, the Lord reminded me of something that I like to share with us as we pray this prayer. I was on my graduate program. One of my professors knew that we were on radio, we teaching on the radio and all that. And he hated it because he wasn't a believer. He hated it so badly. It was already the fourth year on the radio program. And they saw me in the street one day and said, can you please wait to talk to me? And I waited. You know, your professor, you know, I greeted him and he said, look at you. You will never finish that program. I smiled and I said, I will finish, sir. I used sir to respect him. I said, I will finish. That program lingered for three and a half years. I was the best student in class. I wasn't a, I wasn't a weak student. I was the best student. All the records were there. But he said, you will never finish that program. I said, I will, sir. I will finish that program by the grace of God. And I left. And I knew it was a spiritual warfare. And I began to pray. Lord, that program will finish. The Lord spoke to me one day and said, have you ever seen anyone stopping the flow of water? When the water is flowing downstream, no one can stop it. It will always find a cause. I wanted to pray over yourself and said, Lord, I'm like a stream of water that's flowing to a destination. I will reach my goal. Every word spoken by man, Lord, in the name of Jesus, will not materialize over my life. Every word spoken over my life will not materialize. I'm a man on a destiny, going to a destination. I'm a man on a journey. There is a vision of God in my life. I will reach my goal. No words of man, no curse from the pit of hell will stop the word of God over my life. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I will reach my destination. No one can stop waters in the course 
of its flowing. No one will be able to stop me. Ah, no one. Ah, no one. Ah, no one. I will reach it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. After today, there were a few things I have lined up, but there's no time. You're going to go back home. We're going to handle, I have a few things here on spiritual growth. You will speak over yourself. I will do well spiritually. I will love God and serve him. I will be a witness of his grace and power. I will love God's word. I will read. I will meditate. I will grow. I will obey God. I will walk in his will. That's part of our spiritual growth. Words of confession. We, I can give us some of this later. I will type it out. I'm bringing it next week. And the other one on the family, these are some of the things that was laid in my heart and I wrote them down. We're going to pray for the children now. It says, I will love my spouse if you have one and we shall be example and a model for the world. My children are blessed of the Lord. They shall be taught of God and great will be their peace. It is well with my children. They are on assignment. They will reach their goal in life. Uh, they are a blessing to my family, to this land, and to this generation. Uh, hallelujah. 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 Amen. The last one on your career and your future. I wrote down here, I will succeed. Doors will begin to open for me. I will be the head and not the tail. I will be above and above only. I will not be beneath. My sphere of influence will increase. I am blessed and highly favored. Uh, I decree promotion in my ways on everything that I do in the name of Jesus. I'd like the children to come forward now. I'd like the children to come. They're going back to school this week. Hallelujah to the Lord. I'd like the children to come. If you like us to bring these children, I'd like them to come. I'd like them to come. Can you kneel down, children? We're going to pray for you in one minute. Can you just kneel? I like the parents. Listen, everybody, I, I want you to look at me. Tonight, we have all received the power to bless. Everybody say, I received the power to bless. I can bless. I can bless. Now, I will bless. I want us to begin to bless these children. Listen, this, you're not going to say, God bless them. No. Lord, they are going back to school. They will be distinct. They will be distinguished. Spirit of excellence will come upon them. They will be honored children. In their class, men will look at them. They will look at them with awe. 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 Awe of God. If you don't have a child yet, lay your hands on your tummy and pray over the baby that is coming. And speak over those children that are coming. I want us to begin to pray. We're blessed by the power of God. Children, you're blessed in the name of the Father, of the, Holy, of, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. You're going back to school to excel. I want to say amen as we're praying for you. Say amen as we're praying for you. Children, say amen as we're praying for you. Say amen as we're praying for you. Say amen as we're praying for you. As we're going back to school, the Lord will increase you. You'll be distinguished. You'll be different among your mates. The spirit of excellence will come upon you. And no evil will come near you. In the name of Jesus. You are protected from every vulture of life. Your destiny is preserved. 
will bring you under the cover of the blood of Jesus. It is well with your soul in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. We give you praise tonight. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Children, by the authority placed on us as parents, we speak the word of authority over you based on the revelation that we know. The Bible declares how forcible are right words. We prophesy over you tonight. Some of you, naturally, there are things you cannot do. But we condition you by the Spirit of God to switch into a supernatural grace. <laughs> to switch into a supernatural ability. That from this time, you're going back to school this time will be different. <laughs> oh yes, the teachers thought they knew you. But they don't really know you. We know you by the Spirit. We know you that you are called of God. We know you that you're on a, you're on a journey to a greater tomorrow. Therefore, we speak over your destiny. We speak over your life. You shall increase in understanding. You shall increase in wisdom. In the name of Jesus. The path before you is a path of light. Your path will begin to shine. Your path is a path of honor. The Lord will grant you honor on every side. In the name of Jesus. It is well with your soul. We preserve you today from every virtue of destiny. Your lives are secured by the blood of Jesus. No evil will come near you. In the name of Jesus. From this day, the light of God will continually trail your path. In the name of Jesus. We bring all of you on.